everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Grace Atwood. And I'm also our guest today. Becca is our guest. I, I really botched that <laughs> intro. We have a very special, important guest today. Her name is Becca Freeman. You might know who she is. It's me. Yeah. Are you ready? Um, I am. we got so many questions for you. It's going to be really fun. I'm an international lady of mystery. So many questions. Yeah, you are. Before we get into it, should we do some highs and lows? Yes, I think we should. Okay, Grace, what was your high? My high was being in Harbor Island on vacation with you and Katie and Kate. Um, It was so nice. It was too short. It was one of the most beautiful places ever. The water was perfect. The hotel was great. We ate a lot of good food. But really, like, just sitting on the beach reading was so nice. Falling asleep at night with, like, being able to hear the ocean. Ugh. I want to go back already. I mean, same. Yeah. Is that your high as well? Well, I I added something else too because I felt like we would just say the same things, but vacation was wonderful. I was on a solid one book a day and then 10 to 8 sleep schedule. It was awesome. Oh my gosh. So Katie Storino goes to bed so early. Yeah, she does. And she also wakes up really early. Really early. And we were like, "Is this, how is this going to go? And what basically happened was Becca and I went to bed when Katie did and then also slept longer. It was great. Um, so it was so relaxing, even just being there, like after six hours, I was like, I feel like a different human. Yeah. I, this is the most overprivileged bullshit thing to say, but next year I want to have a quarterly long week, like relaxing long weekend trip. I like that plan. Cause I, I mean, I travel like two or three times a month. Yeah. It's never relaxing. Yeah. Well, I'm up for that with like less bullshit travel like well you had so many weddings I shouldn't call your weddings bullshit but you were just always at a wedding or a bachelorette party this year well in 2020 I think I only have one wedding so I'm just gonna park myself on a beach once a quarter and I feel like my mental state is gonna be a plus plus yeah I think that sounds like a good plan so then my other high is that my friend Elizabeth is visiting this weekend and I bought us tickets to go see the Nutcracker at Lincoln Center and I'm so excited. That's going to be so fun. It's one of my favorite holiday traditions. And especially in New York, the Nutcracker is amazing because the New York City Ballet Company does yeah, it. They're so talented. I can't wait. I think we're going to go for fancy drinks beforehand somewhere. You should go to the Carlisle. I know it's across the park, but it's worth it. Uh, that's not really close. I know, but it's worth it. I was thinking maybe the Baccarat Hotel or like the King Cole Bar. The Baccarat's great. I've never been to the King Cole Bar. Uh, I can't remember what the ho- – maybe at the St. Regis? Oh, I've been there. Yeah. 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 So I'm very excited. I just – I am I danced all through growing up, and I love going to the ballet, and I rarely go, and I'm excited. That's going to be really fun. It's a good, like – it's such a good New York holiday thing to do. I know. The tickets were really expensive. I think that I waited too long. Yeah. And I don't even think that it's that it's sold out. I think that so so much of it is that – resellers bought up all the tickets it's so annoying i had that problem with the rockettes like a few years ago i got last minute tickets and it was so much fun but i was like i can't believe i'm paying this much money i've never seen the rockettes actually oh it's really fun what about on the low side mine is just well getting home was pretty rough um we flew silver airlines um and it just seems like they have like a much more i would say relaxed attitude about getting um, from one destination to the other. Both of our flights were delayed, and then we missed our connecting flight out of 
um, Fort Lauderdale back to the city. They're on island time. They were on island time. It was hilarious. Like we were just like all lined up and nobody really cared about getting us our tickets or like getting us on the plane. It was interesting. Um, so I want to go back to Harbor Island, but maybe we'll hopefully Delta will be flying there directly by then. They don't fly direct, but they fly from Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't care. I just want to fly Delta and not Silver. <laughs> the other thing is that I um as soon as I got back from Harbor Island, I was here for about 24 hours and then I left and went to L.A. for work. And now I'm back and I'm like, I might have to work most of this weekend to get back on track because I feel like my life is falling apart. Like my even just like things like not even working on like work stuff, but like my apartment, like my fridge is dirty. There's rotting vegetables. I haven't opened my mail in several days. Like I don't feel good about my life right now. I feel like everything is like kind of falling apart. So I think tomorrow is going to be like my get back on track day where I just – clean the fridge and clean the apartment and do all my accounting stuff and schedule blog posts for next week so that I go into the week feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Mine is just that I'm irritable this week for no reason. I feel like I'm ready to be done with work for the year. Like I'm like ready for it to be Christmas. I'm ready. I don't know. I'm ready to slow down this week. Anytime anyone asks me for something that I hadn't anticipated, I'm like, oh, everyone's the worst. <laughs> I'm, it's she it's came, a me problem. She came down and she's like, I'm just really cranky because I did not think I had to work today. I'm like, well, it is a, week, a weekday. And she's like, this is just, I just wasn't prepared for this. I wasn't. And you're only contracted 20 hours a week. So yeah, it's not, out of, it's not unreasonable for me to be like, yeah. I'm taking Friday off. I just want to Knit my sweater and read my book and look at my Christmas tree. That sounds like a nice a nice night. That's all I want. Are you going to do that tonight when we finish? Yeah. Yeah. I'll be slogging through receipts. I'm jealous. <laughs> so before we interrogate this very special guest, we want to spend just a minute talking about one of our favorite sponsors. It's Borghese, and it's a company that was created by a princess. Becca's never going to get tired of this one. I mean, it's true. I'm never going to be over this. So Princess Marcella Borghese created a beauty line inspired by the Italian spa culture, and her goal was to allow anyone anywhere to bring the spa home. And now Borghese has been around for 62 years. So what I really love about this brand is that they were actually the first brand to bring mud masks to market, and their face masks are incredible. So my personal favorite is the Fango Repartivo mask. It's very calming and surprisingly soothing for a mud mask. And the mud masks are so effective in just a few minutes. It says to leave them on for two to five minutes. And it's shocking to me what you can do in two to five minutes. Yep. They're quick and potent. One thing I love is that the muds are offered in 2.7 ounce jars. So they're TSA friendly and you can take them with you on trips. So I brought my favorite, which is the Fango Delicato, with me on vacation. And it was the perfect thing for post-sun pre-dinner. I also need to talk about the hand masks. So I'm always a little self-conscious about how my hands look. I talk about this all the time, but I have dry skin and my hands can just look really old and sad. So the hand masks will fix that. They're like these little gloves and you put them on and everything in the, in the mask is self-contained so they don't make a mess or anything. You literally just put them on, pop on a show, and you will have new hands. That's what I'm doing tonight. I'm putting on the blacklist and doing a hand mask. Ooh. Maybe a face mask too. Ooh. And the last thing I'll say is that the 
the gift sets are so fantastic. So we both got the box of self-care and I'm blown away by how many good things are inside. I think it's $69, but you get $140 worth of products. And I also love their mini mask ornaments, which are only $12 and would be the perfect little hostess gift or so good for an office secret Santa. And as always, we have a special offer for you. So for 25% off site-wide at Borghese.com, enter code BOP25 at checkout. Again, that's Borghese.com, B-O-R-G-H-E-S-E.com, and enter code BOP25 at checkout. Now, back to our special guest. I'm nervous because I feel like you have been more out there than I have. Guys, this is a very juicy episode. Also, Becca Freeman, unfiltered. Also, if we're telling the truth, we recorded my interview and Grace's interview back to back, and we did Grace's first. So now I've had two glasses of wine. Yes. Well, this is easy. We're going to start with relationship and family. Okay. Becca, where did you grow up? Um, So I grew up in Connecticut, and I am a big fan of New Haven pizza. And I was also obsessed with the Skull and Bones as a kid and the Yale um, Natural History Museum. And then I moved to Florida when I was in high school. So it was kind of weird because I feel attachment to both places in different ways where I grew up in Connecticut as like a child. So I feel like it was like very like it's where my childhood memories are. But then I went to high school in Florida. So I feel like it was more formative in some ways because I was older. That makes sense. So, yeah. Becca, do you, did you like being an only child? We got so many questions about you being an only child. Did you feel like it made you especially close to your parents? So yes and no. So I, I did not like being an only child when I was a kid. I really, really wanted siblings when I was like – Which was the next question. A young Please, kid. We can combine these two. two. Yeah. So I, I really wanted to Wait, tell siblings. what you asked for for Christmas. So one Christmas – and I – I want to say I was probably like six. Um, I asked for an older brother for Christmas. And I was like a kid kid. So first of all, I didn't understand how sex worked or how (laughs) babies were born. And I also didn't know that Santa wasn't real. So I, you know, nobody could explain to me why that was not possible. (laughs) And I had such a temper tantrum when I did not get an older brother. Like, I think I thought that I would, like, leave my room on Christmas morning. There would be, like, a little boy with, like, a bow around his neck under the Christmas tree. He just came here. He was just there. He never was a baby. He was, like, a stranger. And he was, yeah. like, eight. And he was, yeah. like, hi. I just got born today. <laughs> I know. I have no idea. So, um, yeah, I really wanted siblings when I was a kid. And then I feel like when I was in high school and in college and my early adulthood, I was like, oh, I'm happy being an only child. Like, it's it's great. Like, I got all the attention. Like, yeah, it's all about me. And now I would say I don't dislike it, but I do wish that I had siblings. Like, I look at my friends who have siblings and it's like, those are your your people for like for life. So I feel yeah. like I have a lot of close friends, like very long-term friends. So I'm like lucky in that way. But I'm like, as I get older, I'm like, oh, it would be nice to have a sister. So would you like an older sister for Christmas? I would. I'll get you one. I feel like you're going to like go apply me to like big brothers, big sisters. <laughs> um, And then do I feel like it made me especially close to my parents? Um, I don't know if that was a byproduct of being an only child. My mom was a single mother. And so 
I was an only child, so I feel like, yes, we were like very, very close. But then my mom died when I was 15. So in that way, no, I am not close to my parents because my mom has passed away. Switching gears, how is your dating life going? Are you dating anyone right now? Can um, I just tell you that like half the questions were about your dating life? Oh my God, my secret closet boyfriend. Yeah, I'm like, just yeah. Just hiding him. She has a boyfriend. We just aren't talking about him. No, I don't. Um, My dating life is going not well. Um, And my dating life is going not well because I'm not putting any effort into it. Yeah. So expected result. Um, I'm not dating anyone right now. And I have gone on two dates this year, three, three dates this year, full stop. Yeah. I am not a huge fan of dating apps. Yeah. No, they're awful. Not even that they're awful. I don't like, I don't like that it creates a lot of work. Like you have to be so invested and you're way better at this than I am, but you have to swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe. And then you have to like have all these pen pals and then you're like, oh, you went on a date and then it was terrible. I'm pretty pessimistic on the whole operation of dating apps. Yeah. It's hard because I think they have their benefits, but it is a lot of work. And it's created a really bad mentality, I think, in New Yorkers. And I fall victim to it because you think that, like, everything – like, you see someone, you're like, mm, that's okay. Like, moving on. It's like shopping for sweaters at Nordstrom. Yeah, where you're like, oh, I can do better than this. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was about to be like, I'll try harder. And then I was like, I don't know if I will. I was about to be like, you're going to try harder. And I was like, I don't think she will. Mm-mm. I'm kind of just waiting for the next thing to be invented or for somebody to like introduce me to somebody or to have a meet cute somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. I think it would be great if someone brought speed dating back. Oh, I would do speed dating. Yeah, totally. And especially if it was vetted in some way where it was like – You had to like apply and like have like a a good job or like a good network or like something. No, I almost meant like you can only come if you know somebody who's like – if you're a friend of somebody else who's in this like club. Oh, I like that. Okay, the next bucket of questions now that we've moved on from relationships and family is podcast and social media questions. I think some of these are really interesting. So someone wrote, this one's a weird one. What have you learned about your speaking patterns through podcasting and have you changed? Oh my God, I've learned that I say like constantly and I cannot control it. Same. And every once in a while, somebody will either DM me or we'll get a uh, review an Apple podcast that says something about one or both of our speech patterns or saying like, and I don't disagree with them. And I used to have a post-it note on my desktop that just said, stop saying like, and I must have closed it out, so I don't have it anymore. But I was trying really hard at one point, and now I'm kind of not... But it really irks me. Same. It's very strange to talk and then hear yourself played back. Yes. And be like, oh, I sound so monotone. Or, oh, I said like so many times or saying, um, or just when I think I sound really dynamic and interesting and then I play myself back and I'm like, ooh. Yeah. It's like listening to a never ending answering machine recording of yourself where sometimes you're like, oh, wow, I said something smart. And other times you're like, wow. Mm-hmm. That wasn't great. Somebody wrote, has it been an adjustment to gain an online following? Yes. It's weird. It's really weird. I mean, I did not go into this with the intention 
of gaining an online following. I've said this, I know I've said this at our live shows, but I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but when Grace asked me to do the podcast, I thought this was just going to be a fun hobby. I, I really wasn't thinking long term. Yeah, me either. And I remember last summer, not summer of 2018, so we'd been doing the podcast for a couple months and Grace was like, you really need to work on your Instagram. And I was so offended. <laughs> and like, haha, offended, like not not really offended. Someone's going to be like, Grace was mean to Becca. No, like not deeply offended, but I was like, no, I don't. And then I was like, okay. And especially as we started doing the live shows where it was like, yeah, I, I kind of do, like it's a way to promote the podcast. And it constantly surprises me when people follow me. It's a very bizarre thing. Like I just think of myself as some weirdo. You are, but so am I. I don't know. I guess so. It's It hasn't set in yet. Like it's still continually shocking to me. Yeah. Somebody wrote, do you ever get recognized? Is it weird becoming newly pod famous? So I've been recognized a few times and I, I wanted to address this question because every time I get recognized, my first reaction is like sheer panic because I always, because somebody calls my name and I always think that it's somebody I know and have forgotten. Oh, this happens to me still. I do the same thing. And I remember one time very specifically, I was in Williamsburg. I was walking to the subway and somebody stopped me and she was like, Becca. And I can't remember what she said next, but it wasn't immediately like, I really like your podcast. And I was horrified because I was like, mental Rolodex. How do I know this person? Yes. Who is this person? And um, I, I must look like such an idiot when this woman stopped me because I just had this like look of sheer panic on my face. I so, relate to that so hard. I do the same exact thing. Yeah. Somebody wrote, why don't you consider yourself an influencer? How do you define the term? Okay, so I thought about this one a lot this morning for some reason. When Grace sent me the list of questions, this one really stuck out to me. And I think that I really blanch at the word influencer. And I'm actually curious to have you answer this afterwards. Too. But I really blanch at the word influencer. I don't I don't think it has positive connotations. It doesn't. And I think that I would rather be defined as somebody with influence than an influencer. And maybe I'm just, I'm kind of talking out of my ass right now, but um, it's the wine. But okay, so think about it. Like Kim Kardashian has a ton of influence, but nobody's like Kim Kardashian's an influencer. They're like, she's a reality star. She's a makeup mogul. She's an actress. So you want to be a Kardashian? No, but I'm I'm, what I'm saying is that like all of these other people are defined by the other thing they do, not by the fact that they have influence. So I think like you can have influence, but like I don't want to be an influencer where it's like if somebody asked me what I did on the street at a party at a family event, I would never be like, I'm an influencer. I would be like, I'm a marketing consultant and I have a podcast. Yeah. So like I don't blanch at like having influence, but I blanch at the term influencer. Totally. And I kind of think, and this is an internal bias, like I think of an influencer as a girl who has an Instagram and she just takes a lot of selfies and wears Brandy Melville in my head and like, I don't know. Like, I have such a negative connotation in my head. And I'm like, I'm not an influencer. Yeah. I think of a girl who takes selfies and uses the Kylie lip kits. Mm-hmm. I also think another distinction that I draw is that, like, I don't make any money from my Instagram. Yeah. I've gotten a couple of perks, for sure. Yeah. Like, I got two free months of Rent the Runway. I 
promote our hotels when we're on tour, but like I, I've never been paid for a post. Yeah. So in some ways, like I also think that's a weird line that I haven't crossed, not because I'm against it, but just because I haven't. So I'm like, oh, no, I'm not an influencer. Like I'm just that random person. Yeah. I don't know. How do you define influencer? I I have given up and I use it to describe myself because it's just easier. But I, I don't consider myself that either. I think of myself like people are, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I have a blog and I have a podcast. You're like, I'm a writer yeah. and I have a podcast. But like, why does being a writer on the internet not? Why, is why that? isn't that not serious? Like if you were like at the New York Times and had a big Twitter following, somebody wouldn't be like, oh, she's oh an- you're an influencer? Yeah, exactly. And I know that it's my own site that is my own opinions and it's not journalism, but it's my own site that I take very seriously and put a lot of time into. So I hate that word because that word can also be used to describe the girl who's wearing Brandy Melville and the Kylie Lip Kit taking a bunch of selfies and like posting, I don't know. It's hard. Um, I don't know. I don't like the word. I kind of wonder if this distinction lands with anyone who's outside of this world. Like if you're just like not you don't have a blog, you're like driving in your car right now. If you're like, this all sounds the same. You guys are crazy. Or if you get it, because I'm like, maybe I'm taking it too personally. Yeah. Or being sensitive. The other thing is like, I don't want to be famous. Like I differentiate, like I would love for everyone in the world to read the stripe and listen to bad on paper. They don't need to know who I am though. Like, or like they don't need to like be able to pick me out of a lineup. I kind of see it as like your Instagram though, is a marketing vehicle for the stripe and for the podcast. So like you can't necessarily do one without the other. Oh, you can't. But like, I don't care about everyone knowing who I am. I just would, I want them to go to my site. Yeah. Okay. Somebody wrote, what is your long-term goal with the pod and and Instagram? And do you want to become an influencer? No, I don't want to become an influencer (laughs) in terms of like wearing Brandy Melville and taking a lot of selfies. I mean, I guess so this is not long-term, but my medium-term goal with the podcast is I would like to be making 50% of my income from the podcast so that I feel like the effort and the income is commensurate. Yeah, it's right now it's like both of our like half of our time and like 3% of our income. Well, but maybe with the now that the tour is wrapped, it's a little more even. But yeah, yeah, so I'd like to grow it to be like 50% of my income. And on Instagram, I guess this is maybe nearer term. I want 10,000 followers so I can have swipe up links. Yeah, that's my goal. Follow her. Yeah. Someone wrote, why did you want to start a podcast? I didn't. I made her do it. I didn't. Grace asked me and I was having, she asked me in January and I said that I was going to say yes to more things as like kind of a new year, new me thing. And so I said yes. And I remember I was at, I was shopping with my friend Molly and we were at Saks and she listens to a lot of podcasts and I was like, do you think I'd be good at this? And she was like, yeah, sure. And I like, I did it because nobody told me a reason not to. And I was like, this will be fun. I died. We just did it. Like I wanted to do it, but not because I like had this goal of doing this. I was just like, this is what I should do to like get more people to go to my blog. It's funny how much foresight we had and how little foresight we had. Like I'm thinking, so like we had a dinner and I remember we like both showed up with notebooks. We were so excited. Yeah. We like wrote down two things and then we were like, we're done. Yeah. I remember the night that we launched our Instagram, we like had a bunch of wine and we were like, we're going to do this. Yeah. And we like told people, but we did have like, so we weren't very. It was that really shitty picture of us was the 
was the bio picture for a while. Yeah, but then we had the foresight that we were like, we want professional branding. Like we're going to pay a graphic designer yeah. to like make us branding. Well, that's how we are. Like, I guess so. But then like there were other things where we just like recorded a first episode and we were like, good enough. We yeah. just like put it out there. And then Libsyn published it way earlier than we thought. And we're like, oh, it's up. We're in iTunes. We yeah, didn't know was, what we were doing. It, in some ways it was planned. And then in other ways we were just like, meh. Yeah. Someone wrote, what is your Duncan? What is your dream partnership? I feel like Duncan is your dream partnership. It's not. We want it for the pod. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. But my personal Duncan, my personal dream sponsorship is Polar Seltzer. Oh, that's right. I wouldn't mind that. It's it's definitely Polar Seltzer. Yeah. I'm a okay. big fan. I go to two grocery stores so that I can get polar seltzer specifically because Whole Foods doesn't carry it, specifically the orange vanilla flavor. Mm, that's so interesting. Yep. That's my great white whale. Yeah. I don't think they do any any like influencer marketing. I have never seen a polar ad. I've seen LaCroix ads. I would take them. What, I, about, what about Spindrift? No. Really? No. Okay. I love Spindrift. Spindrift is my favorite seltzer. Hmm. Well, how does it feel to be wrong? It feels great because I'm right. Um, we have two book questions. Someone wrote, what is the most inspiring book you've ever read? Oh, so this question jogged my tradition. So um, have you read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert? Yes. So I think maybe, I don't know if they were asking for a fiction or nonfiction, but Big Magic is a nonfiction book by Elizabeth Gilbert about creativity. And I read it every year or not actually every year, but like I've read it three times and I think that I need to reread it. I think that that might be something that I bring on one of our upcoming trips. Mm. It's it's incredible. Like it's just even as I consider myself to kind of sit the fence between being a creative person and a non-creative person, like it's just like incredibly interesting and thought-provoking the way that she talks about creativity. Yeah. I think she's just absolutely brilliant. I do too. Someone wrote, "What are you going when are you going to finish the Throne of Glass series?" Soon. Yeah. Soon. I'm uh we're recording this a little in advance and we are going to the Bahamas and I'm gonna finish it. Yeah. But I need to do it in a place where I don't have any responsibilities because it is a it's a hole that yes. I'm getting sucked into. And for everyone who is DMing me and saying, You need to read a court of thorn and roses next, which is her other series, I'm like, Cool, we'll do in a year. Next <laughs> vacation. It's like going to Asia. Like you can't do it like more than once a year. It's I. It's too – I can't be that into something. It was too deep. Yeah. Let's take a quick break to talk about a sponsor. It's that time of the month, Grace. It's time to talk about Lola. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about that while we were writing this ad. I've been using Lola for four years now. And I think it's one of the best decisions I've ever made. Me too. So here's the scoop. So Lola makes tampons, pads, and liners made with 100% organic cotton. And you might not realize that that's a big deal, but it kind of is. So the FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a complete list of ingredients. So most of them don't. So that's why a lot of brands use language like may contain on their labels. Oh, I hate that. The may contain. That just makes me so nervous. I think it's so messed up. I want to know exactly what I'm putting in my body with everything. Same. And this was something that I actually had no idea about before I found out about Lola. Like, I'm smart enough to realize that tampons don't grow on trees, but I'd never thought of them as something with ingredients. 
I'd never checked an ingredient list on a tampon box before. Isn't that crazy? Yes, but what's crazier is now I'm picturing like a tampon tray, like a plant with tampons growing out of it. <laughs> but I totally get it. Another thing I really love is how they make the subscription um, that totally makes sense. So you can pick a mix of your products of what you want in your box. So say you want like one light, one regular, and 16 supers. You can do that. You can completely mix and match and get the exact combination that you need. You can also do it so that you get, you know, one box a month, or maybe you want one box every two months. So that just like makes it a little bit, um, you're never like getting too much product. Um, and they deliver it right to your door. So you don't have to worry about forgetting and you can change your subscription, skip a month or cancel anytime. I am also so proud of Lola's charity program. So if you don't know, I used to work at Lola, and this is something that I helped to start. But to date, they've donated over 2 million period products to homeless shelters across the U.S. And I love knowing that my purchase also helps to do a little bit of good. I think that's so amazing. I always hear that like those the um, feminine supplies are like the thing that homeless shelters just doesn't get enough of. Absolutely. So if you haven't tried Lola, they just introduced a new trial kit, and it's easier than ever. So in the trial kit, you'll get six tampons in a mix of different absorbencies, and you'll get either two ultra-thin liners or two cleansing wipes. It's a great way to try the brand before you commit. And we've got an offer for you. So you can take 30% off your $5 trial set. Visit MyLola.com and use code BOP30 at checkout. So again, take 30% off your $5 trial set at MyLola.com with code BOP30. Let's get back to the interview. Okay, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about career and freelancing. Are you ready? I Yeah, This I was really shocked how many questions about work there were. So many. This is like this is the called down version. Too. I know this is like a third of them. Yeah. So someone wrote, "What does a typical workday look for like for you?" Um. So I would say that it varies greatly. I usually wake up between seven thirty and eight thirty. Grace just finished the bottle of wine, and I think we're gonna need to open another. Yes. Um. I usually wake up between seven thirty and eight thirty. I've spoken about this at length that I am not a human when I wake up, so I need at least an hour. To become human. Yes. So I usually drink my coffee, scroll through Instagram. I don't know what. I can't account for that hour. And I would say I'm usually on my computer between like 9 and 9.30. I have to do emails first thing. And then I take – I would say my day is like split between strategic work and phone calls. Right now, both of my clients are on the West Coast. So I, I take a lot of calls. It's pretty boring. It's like it's not very glamorous. Um, And then – you know, I would say like probably twice a week we record the podcast. We do it at Grace's house. So we'll usually schedule it for late afternoon, like at r- around like 4 p.m. So it's like the end of the work day. Um, yeah, this isn't very glamorous. I think that most jobs aren't glamorous. Yeah, but I feel like people think that when you work for yourself, like you're just doing what everyone else is doing. You're just in sweats. Well, like, and I get to run my errands in between. Yeah, you know, that's like, the I'll perk. go to the grocery store. I'll like answer my emails, take a call, go to the grocery store. Like, yeah, I know. I that's one thing I don't miss about the w- real working world is like being able to do those things during off peak times. Absolutely, it's the best. Someone wrote, "Have you always been super organized, or is it something that you worked on?" I've always been super organized. When I was a child, I was so into school supplies, like wildly into school supplies. I was too. Yeah, like gel pens and like 
my trapper keeper Mm -hmm. and when I was in middle school like I had a different color binder for every subject like I was like I'm have always been wildly into did you have that pen that had like the four colors and like you could push down I did but I didn't like it because it's not a smooth writing pen it wasn't but I liked it because I had one thing I could color code everything Mm. I put up with it. I like the gel pens better. Yeah, so it's definitely a nature thing, not a nurture thing. Someone wrote, how did you budget when you were in a more traditional corporate job? Well, so I think that you have to budget either one. That's what I was going to say. I was confused by that. It's not like budgeting is any different when you work for yourself. I mean, I guess the only thing is that freelance is more unpredictable and they don't, you don't withhold taxes. So you have to do that yourself. But so when I worked in a more traditional corporate job, in my last job, I want to say, my monthly take home was like $6,500 maybe after taxes. And so basically you like take that amount of money. And then I, I had a spreadsheet somewhere of like all of my fixed expenses. So it's like, what's your rent? What's your cell phone? What's your um, like my class pass membership? What's your, I don't know, whatever, Hulu, Netflix, like mm-hmm. whatever fixed expenses you have. And you take that amount of money and you subtract it out. And then you have something left. And like, I think in that case, it was like, you know, maybe around $3,000. And it was like, okay, so you have $750 a week. Is that math right? Yeah. You have $750 a week. And if you have leftover money, you can spend it on clothes. And if you don't, you that's it. <laughs> that's pretty spot on. Um, I will say the other thing that nobody asked about, but I still feel passionately about is um, I really like the Digit app. I've talked about this in early episodes, but it's yes. like a savings app. It steals money from you. It. I've always found that it's a great way to save money without being like, huh, how do I do this? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe try that. Okay, moving on. Someone wrote, any tips for avoiding burnout at work? Um, I think that this is easier said than done, but I think setting boundaries. And at Bobble Bar, I had really terrible boundaries. Same. I was so excited about working for that company. I was so excited about what we were doing. We were so lean. I was really young and I had really bad boundaries. And I think that it can be really hard to establish boundaries in the middle of a job too, to be like, I've previously been this available, but now I'm not that this available. So when I went to Lola, I really drew a hard line on working on the weekends Where, like, if it was truly necessary, I would do it. But I wouldn't be like, oh, I just have such a big to-do list. I'm going to do work on the weekends. Yeah. And so that was a line. I would try to be good at working at night. But, like, I really think having boundaries and also taking your vacation, taking time off. Because I think both having something to look forward to in an anticipatory way, but then also actually getting offline are both really important. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How did you find your first client? So when I was leaving Lola, I um, I gave them like three months notice. So I was like leaving for a really long time. Yeah. And probably about two weeks before I left, I sent an email to probably like two or 300 people who were people that I'd worked with at Lola and, you know, wanted to keep in touch with or, you know, follow, take the relationship with me. And I sent them an email and I said, hey, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm um, going to travel for a bit, which didn't end up happening. And then um, when I come back, I'm going to um, try my hand at consulting for a while and like would love to catch up when I'm back. And from that email, I actually got 
my first few clients of people who I already knew who wrote back to me and said, hey, I want to talk when you're back. And that's how Parsley Health was my first client. And I, Robin was one of the first, the CEO of Parsley Health was one of the first people who wrote back to me and was like, hey, I would love to talk. And we ended up chatting because she wanted to hire me full time. And I said, oh, I'm not in the market for that. And it turned into a consulting project. But yeah, I know not everyone has the ability to leave on those terms and to like send out a message to their contact list. But it was like everyone who I worked with for the first six months probably were people who were like already in my network. Yeah. So building your network is like the best thing you can do whether you're at. And yeah, I think that's also what made me feel confident to go freelance was that I had a network. Um, This is a good question. Someone wrote, how do you know the difference between a tough season at work versus when it's time to leave? I don't think you do until you'll you'll know in retrospect, but you won't know. I think it's really hard to know forward looking. And I said something about this in the Molly Chen episode. We were talking to her about like leaving a company that you helped to build. And I, I said that I feel like I only knew it was time to leave at Lola because I left too late at Bobble Bar. And so I think it's something you learn through experience. I would say you set a time limit on it where it's like, yeah, everyone's work sucks at some point where you're like, if you're like, I'm an accountant and April is terrible. Like, of course it is. Of course. Um, But like put a time limit on it. And if it stays awful, like maybe try to proactively have a conversation with your boss or sit down and be like, how can I change this? But if you can't, like maybe it's time to leave. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Someone asked what your best tips for managing people at work are. Oh, so I think that – I don't know that I have a tip, but I have a book. So this book called Radical Candor by a woman named Kim Scott I think was like truly transformative for how I thought about managing people. And it's it sounds really silly because I think the premise of it is just being incredibly communicative and honest with the people that work for you. But I think one thing that I know that I don't like as an employee – and I try to be really thoughtful about as a boss is that like you should know where you stand at all times and like nothing that's said in your review should be a surprise. I love that. And so I think like thinking about being incredibly communicative with the people that work for you is something that like I know that I would appreciate as an employee. It's really funny. So when I was at Lola, we had a I had somebody on my team who I fired and it was very dramatic. And around the same time, like probably a month before, somebody else on my team started and she was so nervous. Like she was so, I think she thought that just like people getting fired willy nilly was the norm. And so she was like, but how will I know if I'm not doing a good job? Like, how will I know if I'm going to get fired? I was like, because, and she's like, and she's so cute. She's like, can we have like a code word or like a signal if like it's not going well? And I was like, no, like the code word is that like we'll sit down and have a conversation. I'll say this isn't you're not doing well. And like if this doesn't happen, like you'll you'll get fired, which sounds really intense. But I was like, it wasn't a surprise, you know, like it was a surprise to you because you just started. So, yeah, totally nothing should it. ever be a surprise. Yeah. Oh, that's that's great advice, I think. Also, big believer in one-on-ones. Anyone who works for you, you should always have at least a half an hour one-on-one once a week. Um, somebody asked, what's the most common marketing ma- mistake you see startups making? So I one thing that really frustrates me is that brands will have this like field of dreams mentality 
especially young brands where they'll be like, if we build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. And they do this like really cool thing, but like they don't have an audience to tell about it. So it's like, you know, you're starting from a base of zero on Instagram and you're Mm -hmm. like, you have zero email list. You have and like they're like, we're going to do this like activation, this like we're going to do this like campaign. And you're like, for who? Yeah. And so at some point it's like, yeah, maybe for press or, you know, maybe it'll go viral. But like, I really hate when brands try to plan virality into existence. Like that's such a terrible goal. I feel like I can think of a few really good examples and I'm not going to use say them, but I feel you're so right. Like everyone sees like one brand go viral and it's like, how can we share and reapply from like this? Right. And it's like, no, the goal shouldn't be to go viral. Like that should be a like happy side effect of yes. it. But like if you're sitting there and you're being like, cool, here's how we're going to go viral. Like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess that's the BuzzFeed model. But outside of that, like, I think you're just going to like set yourself up for failure. I think you're totally right. Okay, someone wrote, if there was no podcast, how would you spark joy as a freelancer? Honestly, if there was no podcast, I don't think I would be a freelancer anymore. I think that when I originally quit my job, I was thinking about freelancing for six months as a way to get over being burnt out and get my head on straight and just like have a little bit more of a relaxing pace. Yeah. But my plan was always that I was going to go get another job at some point. Mm -hmm. And kind of concurrently with that the podcast started to like get more traction not that it's my income but like it definitely has an audience Mm -hmm. and I really like freelancing because it gives me a lot of flexibility but also like there are some aspects that don't give me a lot of fulfillment like I like being part of a team and like I like growing something over time versus most of my projects are three to six months. And like, I'm kind of right now channeling a lot of that into the podcast. Mm -hmm. But I think if the podcast didn't exist, like, I would probably go get a full-time job. That's sad. It's not sad. No. It's sad. There's definitely aspects of it that would be sad. I would be really sad to lose the schedule. I would be really sad to lose the flexibility. But I don't know. And maybe it's just that I would be more thoughtful as a consultant and like grow my consulting business into an agency or I don't know what it is, but yeah, hire people, hire people and like create my own thing. But like, yeah, I don't know that I would be happy as a lone wolf if if it weren't for the podcast. I love being a lone wolf. All of my happiness (laughs) is pinned on you. I know. I feel a lot of pressure here. Better grow this thing. Everyone go leave us a rating and a review right now. (laughs) Um, Okay. One last career question. Someone wrote, how do you deal – this is a weird one, but maybe you – I think that I know what they're talking about. They wrote, how do you deal with daily anxieties in a budget-friendly way? So I think I have two ways. First one is to make a list. I feel much better when something is out of my head. Grace makes fun of me, but I constantly have – a package of it is not your lists i'm making fun of it's your handwriting i have nice penmanship it's very straight yeah i have nice penmanship it's nice it's just a little bit too straight so it looks like a serial killer rude (laughs) 
So I always have large lined post-it notes. I have 8 million lists going at any time. And I feel like a lot of times just like writing it down on a list so that it's controlled. And I'm like, cool, I won't forget that. I can go back to that later is enough. I think the other thing is go take a walk. I A walk really helps. It does. Like, I love I a good walk. Well, sometimes a stress walk. Uh, I'll make it into an errand. Like I'll go return my rent the runway. I'll go to the UPS store, you know, whatever it is. But um, just like getting out of the house and getting away from your computer for a few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. We're going to lighten up a little bit. Okay. We're going to move on to personal questions. Okay. Someone wrote, what breed of a dog do you want? What breed of dog do I not want? She wants them all, people. This would be the hardest part of getting a dog. So I want to adopt a dog. So I think you want a corgi. Oh, I would love a corgi. I like anything that's a doodle. I like – I love corgis. I am not picky, which is probably a problem. Um. But yeah, I mean, I follow a bunch of rescues and adoption sites. So I feel like like when I'm ready to get a dog, I'll just like be – I'll put alerts on for those on Instagram and then I'll just be like super intense and I'll know when I You'll when just I know when it. you see it. So today's episode is brought to you by Care Of. Care Of helps you find the right vitamins and supplements for your specific needs. I love this sponsor so much. I've been taking their vitamins for a little over a year now. The holiday is going to be such a tricky time of year to stay on track. All the parties, the big dinners, and travel can really add up. So one easy thing that you can do to help stay on track is add vitamins to your routine. Yeah, I am such a fan. I started taking their vitamins when they ran their first ad with us a little over a year ago. It's the one thing I always prioritize doing, even if I'm traveling a lot like we are right now. So mostly, they make it so easy to bring them with you wherever you're going with the little daily packs. I took them with me to the Bahamas and to LA, and I love how little space they take up in my suitcase. They're so great. I feel like these supplements are backup insurance to make sure I stick to a healthy routine. So here's how it works. You go online, you take a five-minute quiz and answer questions about your diet, lifestyle, and goals. You know we love a quiz. It's not quite the Enneagram, but it's still just as fun. So after that, they will spit out a personalized recommendation of vitamins, supplements, and even protein powders just for you. I love that part. I always get so overwhelmed by which vitamin should I be taking. Like, what do I need, me specifically? So I love that Care of tailors my regimen specifically to my life and to my health goals. And you can modify your subscription anytime in case anything changes. We already told you how easy it is, but it really is the best part. They're going to send you a month's worth of daily packs and you can just throw them in your bag in the morning or pack a few if you're traveling and don't want to lug along the whole pill bottle or that old person pillcase. The last thing I'll say is that I really appreciate their attention to quality. So you can see on their site where they source their ingredients so you know you're getting high quality supplements. Okay, so if you're ready to try care of, you can take 50% off your first order. Again, that's 50% off your first order when you go to takecareof.com and use code BOP50. That's 50% off your first order. Let's get back to it. Someone wrote... How did you get started in knitting and what has been your most ambitious project? So this is actually really funny. So I started knitting because last two years ago, I saw an Instagram ad and I thought it was for a scarf. So I clicked through it and it turned out to be a kit to make a scarf. That's so funny. And I was like, fuck, (laughs) I can do this. And then I like, left it. But then I got retargeted with the ads for it for like the next week. And I was like, I really want that scarf. 
And I like crafty hobbies, so I ended up buying the kit. It was a kit from this company called We Are Knitters. Oh, yeah, I know them. They have really cute kits. There, I think I've seen a hat on there, and I'm like, oh, I want to buy that hat. It has like a fur pom-pom on it, and then it's like, here's the yarn. And I'm like, no, that's not what I want. Yeah. So I did it. I bought it, and I was like, oh, I really like this. I like knitting because it's a way to be – occupied where you can't be on your phone so you can like still watch tv if it's light tv yeah but you're not you don't have hands so it's great that totally makes sense and what is the most ambitious project i've made oh honestly um baby booties they're really small but turning the heel is so effing hard they look hard i don't i i don't doubt that yeah the heel man how are your workout and healthy eating efforts going do you have any tips um it's going okay so workout-wise, and I've talked about this on the podcast a bunch before. Like I feel like every two months I'm like, I want to eat better. I want to work out more. And um, work- We just ate pizza, by we- the way. That's fine. It was delightful. That's fine. So I think on the workout side, I've definitely been more regular. I had a real problem when I moved to Brooklyn and I lost all of my workout studios and I felt very adrift. So I found studios that I like. And I mean, I've been traveling a ton, so it's not perfect, but I feel like I've been working out three days a week, which is like that's good. a good baseline. Yeah. So that's good. I found things that I like. Eating wise, it's a mixed bag. I think one thing that has been really nice is cooking at home during the day is awesome. Yeah. I don't have a lot of patience to cook at night usually on a weeknight because I like to cook, but usually by like the end of the day, I'm like, I'm hangry. I'm tired. Yeah, I do too. And then I'm like, I'm going to get seamless. So I found that like cooking in the middle of the day, if I can carve out the time, which is such a privileged thing to say, which is such like a... I know. I was like, I don't think I have time to cook in the middle of the day. But why not? Yeah. I guess I could work later. Couldn't you just carve out an hour and like... I guess... Because I just feel like it's, I have – It feels – well, I carve out an hour usually to work out. Mm. So I can't do two hours. Mm. Yeah. Because I feel like I have more chutzpah to yeah. cook in the middle of the day. And then I'll just eat leftovers for dinner. Um, And I also – I said this on an Instagram obsession a while – a month or so ago. But I, I discovered this guy and I started following him on Instagram. And um, his Instagram handle is Jordan Syatt, uh, J-O-R-D-A-N-S-Y-A-T-T. And he has such a realistic approach to weight loss. Like he's like a fitness coach. He coaches Gary V, who's like a YouTube personality. Um, that I I think I feel less. I don't know if I'm doing better at it, but I'm definitely beating myself up less about it. If that's anything. Yeah, I like his account. What confuses me about his account is he posts in a similar font to Diet Starts Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I think I'm going to read a funny meme, and then it's actually real advice. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Oh, this is funny, but also dumb, but it's not that interesting. But someone wrote, why did you have all that time marked off on your calendar on Sunday night? So I posted to my story that I could see back ahead like randomly from like 7.05 to 12.25 marked off. And I was like, what is she doing? So first of all, this person is very observant. Second of all, Grace is a creep. Third of all, it's not interesting. Um, I'm flying back from L.A. Yeah, so boring. I was very bummed out to find that out. I also think it's really funny that of this whole interview, I marked off a bunch of questions that I was like, I I like these questions. And Grace added three in and this was one of them. Yeah. Someone wrote, oh, sorry, we're switching to apartment and design questions. So someone wrote, did your personal style change while working on your apartment with an interior designer? Um, 
No. I feel like my personal style calcified, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I've always had a good sense of looking at a picture and being like, I like this or I don't like this. Yeah. But I would have a hard time describing what I liked about it or being like, here are five things that look completely different and I like them all. Like, mm-hmm. why do I like them or like which one do I like the most? So I think it calcified my personal style in a way where it like forced me to be more thoughtful about why do I like the things that I like and like what do I want my space to look like. That makes sense. We got a lot of questions about the decorator or designer or whatever. This is such a hot topic of my – Like some of them were a little invasive, but we're going to stick to the ones we chose. So someone wrote, how does it work to use a decorator? Do they buy the items or do you? So – It worked in a few phases. So basically the first phase was that I put together a Pinterest board of random things that I liked. Then the designer took that and she made it into mood boards. And we sat down for like an hour and a half and we went through the mood boards. They were organized by room. And it would be like, here are a bunch of pictures of living rooms. And we would go through and she'd be like, what do you like? Which photos do you like? And of the ones I liked... She'd be like, what do you like about this? What do you not like about this? She'd be like, what type of rug do you like? What type of lighting do you like? Like, It was very like Q&A, but with photos to like reference. Yeah. And then from there, she put together a design plan. And like there's like a program where she had basically mock-ups of my rooms. And then the item, the sp- like how it would be laid out and then what the specific items were. And so we went through a couple rounds of that where I would be like, oh, I like this, but like I want a different couch. I think each room had two designs at first. And so then I would like pitch, pick which design I liked better or like go back for revisions on one where I'd be like, oh, I like this room, but I don't like the rug. Or like, oh, I, I like this, but it's like too pink or something, you know? So we like went back and forth and we did rounds on that. And then when we basically had most of the items or we had like the key items, um, we would buy things and she actually bought them. She had my credit card number because designers get a discount. So depends on the place, but it's usually between 10 and 15%. So she Even would, for things like Target? Not for Target, okay. but for West Elm, for Crate and Barrel, for Lulu and Georgia, like any I knew that. main design site. Not for Target though. Um, and so she would purchase it using my credit card to get the discount. And she would also deal with any of the customer service things like deliveries or things like that. And then once the stuff was in the apartment, she came over and styled everything. And she also helped with vendors. Like I needed uh, the guy who made my living room shelves. Like she found that guy and like worked with him to quote it and create the design and everything like that. Yeah. So yeah, that's how it works. What is your favorite part of moving to the sorority house? Oh my God. Overall, very positive, except for the creatures. We have creatures. Well, we haven't had any in a while. Thank goodness. Um, So the best part is that you are in close proximity to your friends. So seeing them is not a production, but then you have your own space. Yeah. I, I call it like close but not touching. Yeah. So it's like Grace can come for dinner and hang out for an hour but it's not committing my whole night to it. Yes. And sometimes that's good. Sometimes, sometimes sometimes we have a whole night. Yeah, sometimes you want to do that. Or it's like, cool, 
I want to watch the presidential debates. I'm going to come down here in my sweatpants and leave when it's over. Where it's like, it's not a whole thing where you have to like get ready. Mm-hmm. You can see your friends without like the rigmarole. Yes. It's great. Um, what would you say the pros and cons are of redoing your de- your apartment with a, des- a designer? Um. Okay. So the pros, the reason I did it and the pros is that I am very decisive with big ticket purchases if I am not backed into a corner. Mm-hmm. Because I get, I want validation. I have too many options and I'm like, well, I like three of these and I don't know which one I want. And I'm like worried about making the wrong choice. So the pro is that she like forced me to do it and yeah. it's done. Like in my old apartment, I lived in the apartment for six and a half years. And for the first like three years, there was no art on the walls because I was like, well, I don't know. Oh, that's funny. Or not no, but like not enough art on the yeah. walls. So the pro is that like I did it. I did it up front. I did it all. Yeah. The cons is that it's it's expensive. And I think it is somewhat painful was somewhat painful for me to spend that money on a service instead of on something tangible that I could touch and feel. Mm-hmm. But in retrospect, I was like, wow, this seems like a lot of money. And then seeing how much work she did, I was like, oh, my God, like, I hope I paid her enough because this is for the time that she put into it was like, I felt like pretty reasonable. And the other con is that you have to do it all at once. So like if you move into a place you can go like room by room or little by little and spread out the expense. And like when you work with a designer, like it's a project and they get paid at the end. So like it's going. The train left the station. Yeah. But overall, like I would do it again in a heartbeat. I loved the designer I worked with. Her Instagram is at Emma Barrel, B-E-R-Y-L. Um, and I love my apartment. Like I feel really positive about the whole thing and would do it again. But at the same time, like I'm 33 I'm decently far along in my career. And like when I moved into my previous apartment, I was 25 and I absolutely couldn't have afforded to do this no matter how much I wanted to. Yeah. It definitely depends on a life stage. Yeah. So I will say I did not use a decorator when I did my place and I spent so much money too. It's just moving and like buying furniture is it's it's regardless. It's like so expensive. Totally. Yeah. But also, you bought nice things. In my old apartment, I had an Ikea coffee table at the beginning, and I like... My first apartment in the city, my couch was from Goodwill. Our rug was from Urban Outfitters, and we stretched. We stressed because it was $200. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's just... it's what It depends on your stage in life. Totally. Oh, these are great questions. What do you admire most about Grace? I did I, not write this. And it was crazy. There were so many questions about Grace. There were like so many questions about what I liked about you and there were a lot of questions about trying to bait me into saying something mean about you yeah I got that yeah um okay so what do I admire most about Grace so I really admire the fact that Grace has built a career for herself and she did it at a time where I don't think the path that she was pursuing was particularly respected or particularly well forged by other people and she like went and did it and I know that people said not nice things to her and I know that she was disrespected by people and she's like built something really incredible and she makes good money and has a life that she likes and like I really admire her forward thinkingness in pursuing that when it wasn't a popular decision or wasn't like a societally appropriate decision (laughs) yes (laughs) and that she stuck with it and that like she's in a business that other people are shrinking or losing money and that she's like constantly trying new things like she has she doesn't like rest on her laurels 
Thanks. What is your favorite quality of Grace's? I swear there's only two questions about me. There could have been 10. You could have left yeah. them all in. Um, um, so I think my favorite quality about Grace's is that she is such a connector. I am a connector. Where she, first of all, I don't hide my friends just to myself. No, you don't. You're not a friend hoarder. You're a connector. But like, first of all, when you need it, she's like really there for you. Like when I quit my job, she was like, here's 93 people I can introduce you to. And like, <laughs> this person might need help. And like, you should talk to this person. Like she's very I, I love connecting people. But even when you don't need it, she's like, I just think that you and this person would really get along. <laughs> and I really like I'm that. like, you don't have to invite me. I'll be introverting. But you guys should yeah. hang out. <laughs> I like, I like. I think that's such a good quality that you're just like, I think your Rolodex is like open and you're like very wanting to connect. I mean, your friends, not like. Yeah, I really love like building a network of people that I feel strongly about. Like, even though I am like an introvert and stuff, I love just like when I admire somebody, I love like 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 we I feel like we've met so many interesting people through the podcast and stuff and through my blog as well. But I just feel like really proud of like the people I know and then I want them to know each other. I love that. Yeah. I'm a beneficiary of that. I love it. I'll cook you lunch and you'll introduce me to cool people. Sounds good. Okay. Are you are you are you ready for more? I'm ready. We have quick questions now and that's what we're going to end with. Okay. What is your favorite Hallmark Christmas movie? Okay. Also, I realize I can't say Hallmark. I'm saying it correctly right now, but I've been saying Hallmark. Oh, that's not right. Hallmark. That's correct. Yeah. We can add it to the list of things you can't say. Like, what do you do when you add bronzer to your face? I don't know. Say it. Contour. No. Contour. Yes. I can't. I I will never be able to say that word right. It's her nemesis. It's, And I always, then I get it in my head that I'm saying it wrong. I'm like, no, it can't be contour. It's contour. It's it's so confusing. And I don't know why. I'll never be a makeup blogger. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I don't know if... These two are Hallmark Christmas movies. But they're definitely like cable Christmas movies. That counts. Um, okay. So one is called The Christmas Contract. And the reason that I like this is because it is basically a reunion of One Tree Hill. Oh. It has Hillary Burton and Skills and Robert Buckley. And it, oh, it's so good. It's so good. And it's a cute movie. But it like the cast was very nostalgic for me as somebody who really stuck for with One Tree Hill until the very end. Okay. Um, and then the second is called A Christmas Inheritance. Um, and I... Oh, I hope it's a cable movie. I think I it like is. I that was on Netflix. Was it? Oh, it is. It's a Netflix one. Ooh, I'm still going to say it. So the Chris, and Christmas Inheritance is... Have you seen this one? Yes. It's with Jake Lacey, and I can't remember the girl, and her family owns a greeting card company, and she's like the wild party heiress, and she has to go to this small town where her father grew up, and she like falls in love with an innkeeper. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's so funny because like she's like this party girl, and I don't think they show alcohol. Like She's just like falling over, but she's not actually drinking anything. No, I think they do. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember there's like it, – the, it opens and there's like a raucous Christmas Yeah, party. but she's and she's drunk, but she isn't holding any alcohol. Oh, interesting. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. Yeah. I like that one. It has every single trope. Like it she's does, like goes, but it's leaves still, the city and finds herself. It's still great. Yeah. I hope to leave the city and find myself this Christmas. 
Um, what are your top girls weekend locations within the U.S., including hotels, please? Okay. So go to the Breakers in Palm Beach. It is expensive. It is less expensive if you go from like June to October because it's hurricane season and it's really hot. <laughs> so there's that some, sounds great. There's some risk involved. Oh, I don't mind the hot. Okay. But it's like, you know, you're by a pool. Who cares? Yeah. Um, hurricane season. I mean, you might have to cancel your trip, but um, get trip insurance. So the breakers. Or the other thing I would say is um, go to Palm Springs and get an Airbnb. Oh, that's the best vacation. I have a lot of Palm Springs recommendations for you because you're going. Yeah. Okay. Another travel question. What are your favorite travel – what are your favorite countries you've traveled to? And what's the best U.S. city and country for solo travel? This is a lot. This is a lot. Okay. My favorite countries that I've traveled to, I, I haven't traveled to very many places that I disliked. Um, I mean, I really enjoy like the standard European highlights like France and Italy and Spain and Portugal and Greece. Mm -hmm. We went on a trip to Morocco a few years ago, which was a really cool experience. Yeah. It was only a year ago. It was only a year ago. That was a really- We had the podcast still. Oh, yeah. That was a really cool experience. Um, Yeah. I I don't know. I don't know if I can pick a favorite. I more so picked this question for the second part, which is the best places for solo travel. Mm -hmm. Country. So I've only been on one international solo trip. So I'm not an expert, but I did go last year to Portugal by myself. And I think Portugal, I was in Lisbon and I was in Porto, are both great places to travel by yourself. Like it didn't feel unsafe and there's like a lot to do. So you're not like, you don't, you're not unoccupied. Um, it was great. I really enjoyed going there by myself. In the U.S., I don't know. I can't think of any recent trips that I've taken by myself in the U.S. But I, I know you've been saying about going to Miami. Like, I think that sounds like a baller plan. Like, just like. Yeah, that's my January, February plan. Yeah, like, go to a major city. Like, this requires money, though. Like, But go to, like, Miami or L.A. or somewhere mm-hmm. and, like. Stay at a nice hotel and like book yourself a nice dinner reservation and call it a day. Yeah, I think Charleston's a great city to do by yourself. I have had so been there by myself. I went a bunch. I went a bunch by myself. Um, I've also heard good things about Savannah. Never been there. I haven't been there either. Yeah, I think San Francisco could be a great city on your own. Mm. Or Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia would be really cute. Yeah, yeah. I think San Francisco would be like. It's hard to get around. And yeah, it has it's like to be so a walking. hilly, so you're walking, and you're like, oh. That's true. Okay. Don't ignore me. I think any, like, walking cities. Like, Charleston's a great walking city. Philly's a great walking city. Or, like, just be a bougie bitch and, like, get a nice hotel in Miami or L.A., like Becca yeah. said. Um, someone asked, what's your favorite thing to cook? Um, My favorite thing to cook? Really into chicken thighs right now. I think you can do a lot with them. I love chicken thighs. Um. I'm really excited to be in the holidays. My favorite holiday thing to cook is I make amazing stuffing from scratch. I hate so, stuffing. What? It's gross. What? I really don't care for Thanksgiving food except for mashed potatoes and pie. Grace. I know. Well, I love to cook stuffing. Um, I I like a project 
too. So like the other a month ago or so, I like I made short ribs. Like I was like, I'm just gonna like figure this out. Like I like fi- I like looking at a cookbook and finding something that I've never cooked before and like doing it. Same. But I mean, so much of it is by what I want to eat. Mm-hmm. Like I usually I'm not a great meal planner, and I'm lucky that I live in a city, so I live pretty close to a grocery store. So I'm usually like, what am I in the mood for? tonight yeah and i usually just like look on pinterest i'm like shrimp recipes or like steak recipe like you know like i just like Mm -hmm. google exactly what i want absolutely i love to like just find a little project yeah or get an idea i really want to find like a good i think that my next project for cooking is going to be what kate said was the the half-baked harvest buffalo chicken salad yum i'm gonna come over for that yes i will make it for you yeah Okay, you have two more questions. Are you, are you ready? I can ready? do it. I okay. can do it. The first one is, if you were suddenly to be given $5,000, what would you do with it? I would go take that trip to Asia that I feel like I'm owed. You are definitely owed that trip. Although I feel like that's probably more a time issue than a money issue, but I would feel like it was karmic signal that mm-hmm. I should go if some if I just like was given $5,000. Totally. Would you be into working on a political campaign? Yes. Yes. I I don't know what the rules are now that we have bad on politics or if that would be like untoward in some way. Yeah, I don't know either. Because like I'm not Rachel Maddow, but like wouldn't it be not okay if Rachel Maddow was like, I work for Joe Biden now? Yeah. Like I I, don't I feel know. like it would be we wouldn't. I don't know. Like we won't have anyone on the show that works for a campaign. So it yeah. would be bad if one of us was working for a campaign. Yeah, I don't know. But that was – Early in my consulting, that was like one of my dream clients was to like work on a presidential political campaign. And I'm still very interested. I'm learning a lot and I don't really know that it's going to happen this cycle, but I would be very interested to We should volunteer for someone just for like a day or something. I think that'd be really fun. We could like share it on Instagram and be like, here's what it's like. Yeah, that would be fun. Let's go to Newark. Let's volunteer for Cory Booker. You love him. I love Cory Booker. I can't tell if you like his policies or you just like him. I think it might be a mix. I'm trying to. Be... I think Becca has a huge crush. Oh no, it's not sexual. Oh, I I think you like him. I mean, I'm trying to be unbiased and not like bring my personal opinions yeah. into it. But like, I also yeah, think you really, I really want, do. I think you really want a royal wedding. Yeah, I really do. I think that's why she likes him, not his policies. Oh my gosh, Becca, thank you for being such a great guest. Thank you. (laughs) I'm happy to be here on my own podcast. (laughs) This was really fun. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I feel like I learned some new things about Becca. Great. Yeah. So I hope you guys enjoyed hearing more from Becca. I feel like I learned new things about you during this interview. But now we're going to talk even more about ourselves. Becca, what are you obsessed with right now? Okay, so I have a teaser and then I have a real thing. So first... I found the most perfect Christmas present for you. Oh, boy. I'm... Is it going to top the fuck snow globe? Maybe. That's still my favorite gift. Maybe. It's in the mail right now. But I'm really proud of myself. I'm just going to leave that there. Okay. So then the less mysterious one, the more specific one. So I got the new iPhone. Oh, I'm so jealous. Really for no reason other than I wanted the camera. So when we were on vacation, Katie has the newest iPhone and she was taking pictures like throughout the trip and they were just so much They're better. They're so much better. The camera is insane. So I, I went this week and I upgraded my phone, which I mean... 
I'm on the lease plan, but you have to. So if you haven't had your phone for 12 months, you need to pay the difference on your lease between where you are in 12 months. So I ended up having to pay like $250, which is such a stupid, like I paid $250 for nothing. It's such a stupid expense. Yeah, but it's worth it for the camera. But well, f- f- I just wanted it. Yeah. I know. I I made Katie take all my pictures of me on vacation. And then when I was in L.A., I made my friend James take all of my pictures because he had the new phone. So I've just been like relying on everyone else to use their phones and then airdrop it to me. It's so much better. I know it is. I'll be doing that this weekend or next week. What's your obsession? Are you wearing your obsession? I am. So um, I had been contemplating treating myself to like a cashmere sweatsuit for a long time now. Like I really wanted cashmere joggers. So I'd been doing a lot of research. I'd seen the theory ones, um, which are gorgeous. They don't come in that many colors, but they had like a nice black set. I didn't really want black because I felt like black would like pick up lint and look kind of dirty. But I didn't want the tan because I didn't think that that was, I thought I'd look like washed out in a whole tan set. So I was doing more research Everyone was talking about Nadam, which is the brand is N-A-D-A-A-M. It's nothing new. I, they've been around a kind of a long time. But, oh, my God. First of all, it's less expensive than all the other sets that I saw. I think – I mean, it's not cheap. I think the pants were like $168. But they come in so many colors. So I bought myself an, um, a forest green because, you know, green's my favorite color, cashmere sweatsuit. And I have to tell you, like – I'm in a place right now where we were in the Bahamas and I was back for 24 hours. Then I was in LA for work and I woke up today and I was like, I don't want to see people. I don't want to put clothes on. I want to be a slob. And I put on my cashmere sweatsuit and I feel like a million bucks. Can I ask you a logistical question? I don't want to like burst your bubble, but how do you feel about like laundering your cashmere sweatsuit? Because I feel like my sweats are something that I'm usually laying around in. I like haven't showered. I'm like not... Like I, I feel I, like I wash sweats really regularly. So do you have to dry clean these every time you? I think need you to clean can wash them? them in the sink with like um, I'm going to use that laundress oh. stuff. I have a cashmere soap from the laundress. Oh, and I see myself using my cashmere suit sweatsuit set as I'll be a little more discerning than I am with my regular sweats because I have regular sweats too. So if it's a day where I haven't showered and I'm going to be like on my couch all day, we don't wear the cashmere one. If I'm flying or if I like I'm clean, I'll put this on. I think I just have to be careful with it. Okay. But I do have the laundress has and I've washed other cashmere sweaters with their wash. It's really delicate and I'll just wash it in my sink with um, a little of their wash. Okay. And it'll be fine. I have the one that smells like Lolabo Santal 33, oh. and it's really nice. But I hate hand-washing things. So that's like I'm out on that, but if that's yeah. something that you No, I, I do that. But I think it's um I think it's like a it's like my it's for like days where I'm like light lounging. Like I don't know. Light lounging. Cuz I can be if I'm eating like a bagel and laying on the couch and getting like seeds all over myself and potentially spilling a beverage on myself, we don't wear the cashmere one. Okay. But this is just like I think it's for travel and for for when I just like need to, want to be like so it's just so soft it's like a cloud. I'm well, not I'm not saying it's a bad idea. It was just that was like a practical question no, that came to mind. I thought me. about it too, and then I realized I could wash it with my laundress stuff, so I'll do that. Okay, but I'm not gonna, planning on dry cleaning my sweats. Like maybe yeah. I think maybe like every six months, maybe if sure I'm, sure because like, I I want them to get like good and clean. Right, but yeah, I'll I'll keep you guys posted on how this goes. Okay, it was not my most practical purchase. That's fine. I just spent $250 on literally nothing. So who am I to judge? (laughs) Becca, what about Instagram? Okay. So 
two of my friends started this account. And I don't know if I just think it's funny because it's my friends, but I think it's hilarious. So they started this account called Stuff Mom Posts. And it's like things that your mom would post. And they've developed this character. Her name is Diane. She's from Danvas in Massachusetts. And like she's that typical North Shore woman. And I like cry laughing when I see them post. Oh, my God. I'm on here now. Oh, my God. It's really funny. Where's (laughs) – I'm just looking right now and it has – it says 25 short inspirational quotes, but there's no quotes. It's like absolutely something your mom would post. Yeah. Your mom's pretty good at the internet. My mom's pretty good, but – I can also personally say that they all really appreciate it if you follow them because I think there's like 20 followers. Oh, I'm going to. I'm going to share it too. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're going to freak out. (laughs) The power of the internet. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'll definitely share this. What is yours on Instagram? It's this. This is amazing. (laughs) Oh, my God. Now she's posted the cookies that she's made for her oldest son. Sorry, guys. But then the second one is like that he he didn't come, so they're in the trash. Oh, my God. This is so sad. Like, the storylines on this are, like, really hilarious. Oh, my God. I love this account so much. Okay. Sorry. Mine, I have two. They're very Harbor Island- focused um the first is the dunmore which is just spelled d-u-n-m-o-r-e the second is india hicks style i'm unclear if i'm gonna unfollow india hicks i don't think that i'm really getting a lot from her account but i've been like just vicariously like missing harbor island and going back and looking at both of those we need to stay at the dunmore at some point it's really beautiful it's really beautiful although i looked up rates and it's it's not cheap not cheap like katie said it was a lot less than it was but there was rooms for like $1,600. I was like, we can't afford that, Grace. Won't be doing that. We're barely podcast thousandaires. Yeah. Barely. No. We'll not be staying there if it's that much. But if we can like book it for in advance, maybe. What about on the reading front? I feel like we both did a lot of reading because we were on vacation. Yes. Oh, my God. So many to, to go through. So the first was The Honey Don't List, which is the new Christina Lauren book. And I would say that's like imagine if Chip and Joanna Gaines are like – actually hate each other behind the scenes what their two assistants jobs are like um so there's a little bit of a love story there's a lot of drama it's really fun this was one of my favorite of their books i think and when you say it's their new book it comes out in march it comes out in march it's not out yet um the second was regretting you by colleen hoover and this one was about it was a mother-daughter story and basically the mother and the daughter have kind of a strained relationship and then um, something really bad happens to the dad. And there's also this like really questionable s- storyline that unfolds. It's not a thriller. Everyone was like, is it like Verity? And I'm like, nope, it's nothing like Verity, but it's still great. Um, I really enjoyed that one. It's very heartwarming. The next was A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. This one is not out till February and it was a fun read, but I think it was a little bit too YA for me. Like it just felt like a little bit juvenile. Um, but it was fun. Then I read and loved Anna Kay by Jenny Lee. Um, you read that like yeah, a, maybe I was, a month ago. I was only okay on that. I really liked it. I felt like it was written real, like it was like a fairy tale kind of the way that it was written. And I loved like it was like Gossip Girl meets Crazy Rich Asians. I really enjoyed it. I was like, and this is not something that I'm usually bothered by. There was so much gratuitous drug use. See, I didn't even really pick up on that, like a little. 
I'm like, if anything annoyed me, it was the constant label dropping. Oh, that doesn't, I mean, you didn't like Crazy Rich Asians, but that doesn't bother me. Like, I think it's fun. I thought it was very fun, but I, I, um, I didn't, the drugs, there was a lot of drugs, but it was fine. And then I just last night when I got home from L.A. started reading One of Us is Next. I'm so excited to read that. I'm s- it's really good so far. I'm already hooked and I'm like 30 Is it the same home. characters? The same characters. So if you guys, we read One of Us is Lying. It was one of our, it was the second book club we ever did for the podcast. I think you're right. And it was after the selection. Um, and it was a thriller. It was like a thriller meets breakfast club, I would I would say. Yep. And it's it's also YA. Um, so it it's great. It has the same characters as last time, but they're more of a secondary cast. Oh. Like they're coming home from college and one of them is like, because they've graduated, one of them's working at a restaurant and she works with one of the new main characters. Oh, okay. So it's like the younger set, like Bronwyn's sister Maeve is one of the um, main characters this time. I'm excited to read this. I'm loving it. So that's what I'm on right now. So that's, I mean, that's five books for you. Five or six, five. That's a lot. Yeah. I mean, vacation, I just read a lot. And then I had some plane rides, too, on, for LA. Yeah. How about you? So first thing I read on vacation was I read Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. She wrote Ninth House, right? She did, yeah. So I was coming off Throne of Glass, and I'm, like, very into, like, YA, uh, like, fantasy books, apparently. Yeah. And this was We're the- both reading a lot of YA this, this I, I feel like. And um, this one was also recommended by Eva Chen, who was so adamant about Throne of Glass. So I was like, okay, she proved me wrong on Throne of Glass. Like, it was great. So I'm going to try this one, too. Didn't love it. I feel like I'm going to get some flack for that because I feel like a lot of people DM me to be like, that's my favorite book. Yeah, people are always saying to read it. Did not love it. I'm not in a fantasy mood right now. Well. I'm in a cozy book mood. Okay. Yeah. Then I made you give me Honey Don't List by Christina Lauren, which I also loved. Loved. Really, really fun. Um, and then I read The Authenticity Project by Claire Pooley. I can't wait to read that. It looks so cute. It is cute. It's um it kind of reminded me a little bit of um matchmaking for beginners in in that it's kind of like this like ragtag group of characters who kind of like come together under like surprising circumstances. Ooh. It was very cute. I liked it a lot. It comes out February, I believe February 5th. So, and if you are looking for something to read, next week is our December book club and we are reading One Day in December by Josie Silver, which is one of our mutual favorite books that we read last year and it's holiday centric. So we are so excited to read it for a December book club. So pick it up, read along with us and tune in next week for our book club episode. I can't wait. I'm so excited to talk about this book. Yay. Have a good week. Bye. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,